My name is Tisha Richmond. I am a tech integration specialist, a family and consumer science teacher of 23 years and author of Make Learning Magical. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am super excited to have a colleague of mine that works in the Medford School District on today. Every time I walk into her classroom, I am amazed by the magical learning that she creates. So I would like to welcome to the show, Becky Van Duker. So happy to have you, Becky. Hi, I'm so happy to be talking with you today, Tish. I'm so excited. So share a little bit about yourself, where you teach, grade level, anything that you would like to share. Okay, well... I teach in Medford, Oregon, and I teach sixth grade. Um, this is my second year in sixth grade, my fourth year of teaching. I taught fourth grade for two years, and then I moved up to sixth. And I'm loving it. I love both, but I'm definitely um, more of an elementary elementary school teacher. Awesome. Well, you are a fantastic teacher. Any day that I just want to feel inspired and invigorated, I definitely try to come into your class because it's a joyful place. So thank you so much for all that you bring to our district and to education. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I could talk about so many things that I've seen you do in your classroom to make learning magical. And I just would love to hear from you. I know that you are, are one of those people that just jumps in and tries new things and just brings 100% passion to, to, to what you do. And so I would love to hear about something that maybe you have tried recently that has maybe pushed you a little bit farther out of that comfort zone to create magical learning in your classroom. Yeah, well, last year, mid-year, I started gamifying my classroom, and I had no idea what I was doing, really. I just mm -hmm. had read a little bit. We had talked, you and I, a little bit about gamification, and right. I'm not a big game player. Like, I wasn't a game. I didn't play games as a kid a lot. I'm not really into video games, and as an adult, I'm just super competitive, so mm -hmm. it's almost better <laughs> that I stay away from gameplay. Right. <laughs> um, but I thought it was such a great idea, and my students love games. You know, they love a gamified experience, and um, it was definitely something that they were passionate about and interested in. So I thought, why not? I'll give it a try. And awesome. Yeah, through the process, um, I've learned so much about, you know, game mechanics and how to make um, things more interactive and meaningful for them and more exciting. And they've loved it. And so this year, I've added a lot to my game. My game is my classroom game is called Scholar Quest. And it's really expanded to be um, more. And my kids are still exploring all the different elements, but they love it. They are asking every day, can we go do a side quest? Um, can we go look at the website and see if there's any Easter eggs? Can we go explore? Can we, you know, adjust our avatar a little bit to um, fit the theme that we're doing right now? Because I also do classroom transformations, and that's a part mm. of, like, the Scholar Quest narrative. They leap to different places and different times, and 
you know, solve, wow. solve problems. And so it all kind of fits together, but they are so engaged and they're learning so much and being, you know, incredible problem solvers and critical thinkers. And I think that's why I've embraced gamification so much is I saw it right away, um, the positive impact it was having on my classroom. And so I just keep keep learning and keep adding and trying new things. And um, it's definitely helped me be, become less of a perfectionist because right. um, you just got to jump in and try try things. And so that's something I've jumped in. And um, I love it collaboration, you know, communication, innovation, I've seen this elicit with them has just been incredible. That is so awesome. I I love that you bring up all of those C's because that is something that I have found when I began gamifying in my classroom too. And I think that there's sometimes this misconception out there that because of our own experience, like you said, with competitiveness, that oh, I don't know that I want to bring gamification into my classroom because I don't know if I want that competitive feel. But what I found in my class is that my class became more bonded. Mm -hmm. They became a tighter knit family. And I saw learning become more amplified through the collaboration and critical thinking and creativity and communication in really, really powerful ways. And so I love, I love that you share that. I wonder, um, as you ventured into this last year, I know that you are, um, you're definitely someone who just jumps in. Did you decide to start small when you jumped into gamification or what were, what were your first steps in creating a gamified classroom experience? I think my first step was um, just deciding what, what the game was going to look like, you know, what the narrative was behind it. Right. And I knew I was going to start with XP and that was like the very basic. If I was going to say, tell people where to start, I would say like create a, create a game kind of theme or idea and then just start with XP and go from there. Mm -hmm. um, because yes. the kids want XP. They know, they understand what that is. It's like points, you know, they want more of those. Um, and then I added items and abilities, which, you know, was more of a mm -hmm. gameplay element so that they could actually be more dynamic in their gameplay. And right. that just completely took my game to a new level. Um, even this year with the things I've added, items and abilities are still one of the most wanted things. They love it when they can um, get one of those cards and have like a new, new um, power, even if it's a one-time use that they can play in the game and it, it just shakes up the experience for them. That is awesome. So, so I would love, so first of all, those of you who are listening and gamification may be new, um, XP stands for experience points. That was something when I first started out, I didn't know what XP was because <laughs> I've always been a card game player, a board game player, but not necessarily a video game player. And so there's, um, that was a new terminology for me. But I would love for you to share a little bit more about your items and abilities. Um, you just touched on it a little bit, but what exactly does that look like as far as uh, items and abilities? When they earn these, are they tangible cards? Are they digital? And what, what kind of abilities and, and items can they receive? So they are tangible cards, which kind of adds a, a, an element of responsibility. They can't lose the cards or they don't have them to play. And, okay. Um, 
they really vary. I have like some very basic ones that are just scholar quest themed. And then as we do different themes in my classroom, I have um, cards that kind of are themed more towards like Grinchmas when we do a Grinchmas um, few weeks in the room, or if we're mm-hmm. studying the constitution and doing a national treasure theme, I have cards, items and abilities that are themed towards that. But um, I have like, there's a leap glitch one and that is a delay. So if they play that card, they can play it on another tribe and that delays that tribe in a way that during a challenge, if they're all competing against each other, that other tribe is now delayed in, um, in whatever task they're, they're trying to finish. So usually they have like five minutes where they have to um, solve a math problem or read an AR book or do something else. And I've never really had a problem with that. It, like we were talking about for community and um, that collaboration, I've rarely, if ever had, you know, tribes, people, students get mad at other students during gameplay or even carry it outside of the classroom. They have really been great about understanding it's part of the game. They have Mm -hmm. items and holding cards too that they can play. And sometimes it is to hinder another tribe from being successful. And other times it's solely to benefit them. It's that they get an extra 10 minutes um, to complete an assignment or they can delay the due date of an assignment up to two days, or they can, um, I have another one that allows them to access any resources in the room. And so when they play those cards, they have to be really thoughtful because there are certain challenges that they have where they don't really need a lot of the resources in the room. Like, yes, it would be helpful to have access to that one book over there in our Mm -hmm. classroom library. But then we have a STEM challenge and they'd much rather save that item and ability card for when we have a STEM challenge because that gives them access to any STEM materials I have in the room. So really, that's where one of those critical thinking pieces comes in. Right. Absolutely. I love the strategy involved that they have to think Mm -hmm. about, you know, when would this ability or item be most useful to me? Do I want to use it now? Do I want to save it? And, and really the collaboration that goes along with that too, and, and really strategizing with the team and making those decisions together. Um, that I think would be just a great element and just is bringing that classroom community together. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. And a lot of times I set up um, the, if they're having like a challenge, because I have like duels, I have challenges, I have battles, and it depends on what the activity is for what it's named but if it's a challenge sometimes it's not a challenge against other tribes sometimes um it's a challenge against the clock or um a challenge against you know the the evil person which is more of a battle but I try and set it up if I'm feeling like there's a tension going on in the room or there's like Mm. you know some stiff competition going on I might choose to frame what this next challenge is, who they're really competing against. Maybe it's not other people in the room. Um, Just to keep that, you know, culture positive and friendly gameplay and competition. And I love, I love that you brought that up because when you gamify your classroom, you, you are the game designer. And Mm -hmm. so when, just as you were saying, you know, when you started, you just started with your narrative and the, the XP and you kind of started out simple. And that's the beautiful thing about the gamified classroom is that you can continue to iterate and to add and to, um, 
design a game that is going to meet the needs of all the learners in your classroom and, and create that positive environment. And you can continuously, you know, add things in, mix things up so that you are creating a game that is, is balanced and that everybody's enjoying ultimately and learning. You want your kids to have an amazing learning experience um, by being a part of it. And so that was a really important piece in my game too, is that I could kind of keep keep things moving and and changing as I was able to kind of read how my students were interacting with the game. Absolutely. Just that responsive piece um, for what they're needing or wanting. And the more I add, the more elements I add, just the more that they can engage. And right now I developed so much just in what I had implemented last year that and I added some over the summer, I worked on the game a little bit. And so my students right now are really um, invested in side quests and they're loving side quests because that's a way for them to earn items and abilities or XP. And so they're loving that. But just recently, because we've been playing the game for a few weeks, they've started exploring other elements. And so as they kind of I don't want to say wear out one because they always re-engage later in the year. Um, you know, right. they're never done with side quests, but as they kind of um, have figured out one element, they have another one to jump to. And it's just, it never, um, they're never bored with it. So that's exciting for me as the game designer too. And then if they, right. they have great ideas too that I, they suggest, or is this ever going to happen? Or do we have this? And, you know, then I sneakily put it in there the next week. <laughs> I love that. I also would, would involve my students in the ideas. And I had a bowl in the back of my classroom where I would have students, if they had an idea for the game, they could put it in there. And mm -hmm. it was amazing how often the ideas that they had really were, there were things I'd never even thought of that were brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I think it really adds a really um, special dynamic when we can include our students in the game and, and let them come up with some of these elements and, and, um, you know, items or chance cards or whatever it is that you use as your game mechanics, let them, let them design some of that. And you don't have to let them know that you're going to use it right away. You can, you know, sneak it in at a given time, but it, it makes them feel like they're a part of it. Absolutely. My students make avatars for part of the gameplay. They make their own avatar and they just did that a few weeks ago and they turned out so good. Um, but then they've been playing with the avatar maker if they have everything done and it's like fun Friday, their little break time or brain break, they've been asking to play with that. And they've created some really cool looking avatars. And so I've been asking them to like save them to our Google Classroom. I created a file and they can just drop it in the file. And throughout the game this year, I think I'm going to pull out some of those randomly created avatars that they've made and use them as, um, you know, part of the game. And so oh, when that, that avatar pops up, they can know like, oh, that's my person I created. <laughs> that is fantastic. What is there a, a website that you go to for that, that, that avatar creation or what do you use? Yeah, it's just Avatar Maker. That is the name of the website. And I've used it for the last two years and it creates pretty cool looking avatars. And um, the kids have really gotten into playing around with all the different features it has but it's a really simple one 
Um, it's a really safe one to use for, you know, at school, and um, they love it. That's fantastic. And is that a free a free tool free. to use? It is I free. love that, too. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I One thing that I love about how you do gamification is your room transformations. And um, so many times I've walked in and I feel, I truly feel like I'm being transported to another world when I step into your classroom. Um, you just tie everything in so beautifully, even to the point where you are dressing up to fit, <laughs> to fit whatever world you are, you are uh, creating in your classroom. And I think it's just a really wonderful way to kind of keep things fresh and change things up in your gamified classroom. I love how you are tying those transformations into the theme. So they truly feel like at certain points they're being transported to another another place. I just think that is amazing. Thank you. It's it's a lot of fun and it definitely um I'm creative, like that's one of my core qualities, I guess. And mm -hmm. some, that's one way that I can really utilize that in my in my job is um, transforming the classroom and creating these learning experiences that are just a little different. And right. that the you know the students show up and they know if there's a sign on the door, I put the little like scholar quest symbol on the door that they're going to leap is what we call it to a new place. Mm. And so that's the room cool. transformation that something is happening. The curtains are drawn, but the scholar quest logo is on the door. And so when they come into class, they um, know something, something kind of magical is going to happen. And it's funny because when oh. I go get them from their line in the morning, they've all been talking about where are they going to go and what are they going to do and what's the challenge that's going to start us off. So that's exciting for them. That is so cool. And that is just really um, just tapping into that curiosity. Mm -hmm. And that is just a, such a powerful emotion when students are walking up to the door and they see that sign and they know something as special is going to happen and that that conversation is generated. Um, it just makes them so much more excited to to learn that day because they, they know that something special is about to happen. And I think that's a really powerful thing that we can bring into our classroom is that, that sense of curiosity and wonder. And so what an amazing way to bring that in. I love it. So, so many people I hear um, talking, you know, they'll say, I love this idea of gamification, but I'm not creative or they don't think that they have, you know, the ideas and, and they feel limited. What would you say to people who are feeling like they may not be creative? How would you, how would you respond or what suggestions would you have for them? I would say, you know, go online and just start looking up classroom gamification. There are so many ideas online. You do not have to invent the wheel. Um, and really the, the creative part will come as you as you get more and more into the game. I think it will just um, become more natural to come up with these game element ideas. But mm -hmm. just starting with a pretty basic concept even, especially if you're just starting gamifying your classroom and starting with the XP and, you know, borrowing ideas from people that are sharing online, connecting with people on Twitter who gamify mm -hmm. their classroom and just asking the questions, I think Absolutely. is really... Um, you know, it's a great resource. There are books, like Michael Matera's book is great. Your book is mm -hmm. great. 
um, for learning how to gamify. And I would just encourage people to not be scared and to try and jump in and not be so hard on yourself that it has to be this this magically creative thing. Students will love it. If they're playing a game in the classroom um, and that's kind of what's going on, they're going to love it regardless of how creative it starts out. That is that is so true. And there are, you, you gave such great recommendations and there are so many people out there that are doing gamification in some way in their classrooms. I definitely want to shout out Michael Matera and the Explore Like a Pirate um, group. They have a, a community on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They meet on Tuesday nights at, I believe it's seven Pacific time. And so check I out that so. community because they're always sharing out amazing ideas in Michael's book, Explore Like a Pirate. And, you know, I think that's so true. We we can, if we just start looking, you know, we we look on on Google searches, we look on Twitter and pay attention, we can find so many inspirational ideas that we can make our own. And I have so many times have just walked into Target and walked down the game aisle and I've seen something and all of a sudden that generates a whole slew of ideas um, that I can use. And so sometimes it's just a matter of looking for it and we'll be amazed how one idea will trigger another idea will trigger another idea. Absolutely. And I would like you were saying, walking down the game aisle of Target, think about your favorite games that you've played and the elements of those. Um, because it can be that that simple to get you started. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. I, um, I wish that everybody was able to just come visit your class and the amazing things that you are doing because it truly is um, inspirational and and what I love more than anything is to see the kids faces and and the level of not only engagement but immersive learning and empowered learning that's happening and I think that is amazing when we we can see that students aren't only engaged in what they're doing but they are truly immersed in the experience and they are owning the experience that's a really powerful thing yeah. So we, um, we've talked about this, this amazing classroom that you have created. And I know that you um, get your inspiration from a lot of places. And there are so many books out there and podcasts that um, really are full of, of lots of ideas and strategies that we can bring into education. I just wondered if you could share a book or a podcast that maybe you have read or listened to recently that you would recommend to our listeners. Recently, um, I've read Play Like a Pirate by Quinn Rollins, which that is so much fun. I just got so many fun ideas for my classroom from that book and how to really incorporate play Mm -hmm. um, into my sixth grade classroom because I think too often um, we lose that at some point. and they're still kids. They they want to play, and they do so much learning through play. So I love that book, Play Like a Pirate by Quinn Rollins, and then Shake Up Learning by Casey Bell. Um, that one just is has lots of dynamic teaching ideas and ways of structuring learning so that students do have that immersion and engagement. Yes, both amazing, amazing books. So I highly recommend them both as well. And 
Uh, so important, I think, that no matter what age our students are, that we are tapping into that play because we're never too old to play. <laughs> and powerful, mm -hmm. powerful learning can happen when we are engaged uh, in play in some way. So awesome shares. So we talked about one digital tool that you are using with the Avatar Maker. Are there any other digital tools that you have discovered lately that you think uh, our listeners could use in their in their edu environment? Oh my goodness, there are so many. Um, I love Flipgrid, and my mm -hmm. students love Flipgrid, and I love all of the things they've added just recently yes. that enable students to be more more creative um, with their their video production and video editing. Um, not to make it sound that complicated, it's like really simple for students to use, but they love Flipgrid, and um, I get students who really struggle to write or participate or have a conversation or you know show me really very much on paper and they they show me so much on Flipgrid they show me that they are comprehending and thinking critically and that they are engaged through Flipgrid um, and it really inspires them I think to do a little bit more with their learning yeah. um, so loving Flipgrid still um, Pear Deck is awesome. I just started using the slides element of Pear Deck more. And yeah. once again, so much engagement and the kids love it. Mm -hmm. um, Kahoot is always fun. Plickers, Canva. Um, I'm going to do a project with Canva coming up. Students are going to be creating a book jacket for their book club. And awesome. what I love about Canva and them using that is it has, it's like graphic design almost. Yes. But they're... Yeah. With the book jacket, they're going to be writing a synopsis. They're going to have to explain why they created the jacket, what symbols they used, and why, how it relates to the book's overall theme. But they don't think of it that way. They really are so excited to get to work on it. And um, they realize they're learning, but they're not so much thinking of it as work. Right. Um, so that's just fun and very creative. Book creator is great. I just have so many that I love. And um, one that I've kind of started using is Flippity, which just has a lot of different um, easy-to-use tools um, to create pretty simple but useful, like quiz, quiz show games or crossword puzzles or digital, like, escape rooms. So That's that awesome. one's pretty fun. That is one that I need to explore a little bit um, more. I haven't been on there in a while, and I know that that it has a lot of rich, rich things there. But I love, I love all of the digital tools that you've shared out, and I love how they. So many of the ones that you shared are allowing students to demonstrate their learning in creative ways, and allowing them to collaborate and to critically think. All those C's that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. They're tools that really help amplify learning in that way. And uh, I love those of you who are interested in checking out more about Flipgrid. I agree. They've added some amazing new features um, over the summer. And there's some, a couple hashtags if you follow uh, Flipgrid Fever on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And also, I just recently discovered Hidden Gems. I don't know if you've been following that hashtag, but there are some awesome um, things that people are sharing on how to use Flipgrid in in the classroom. And something else that you touched on that I think is so important is that we are 
finding ways to give students voice. And Flipgrid is a wonderful example of that, of giving students who may not be the ones that are super comfortable of sharing out their ideas, you know, out loud, or may not be comfortable sharing in writing, there's something that happens when we get them in front of the camera that maybe they feel a little bit more safe to be able to share their thoughts and ideas. And they also can share them in a creative way, which is so cool. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much. There's a lot of amazing shares there um, that I, I definitely highly recommend as well. And some that I need to spend a little bit more time exploring. So before we go, I, I just enjoyed chatting with you so much. I would love to hear who is it. And I know that there's a lot of people, so <laughs> it's probably hard to share, um, hard to pick one, but who is somebody that inspires you that you would maybe recommend following on social media, whether that is, you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook? I don't know. See, this was, this is such a hard question because I don't know if there's, I could name just one person, which probably right. isn't very helpful, but I would just encourage, um, I was encouraged by you to join Twitter mm-hmm. and I didn't really see the purpose or point. I was doing Instagram and getting teaching ideas from there and Pinterest and getting teaching ideas from there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get why or how Twitter was different. And, um, so I was very hesitant, but what I've learned is I've connected with so many more people on Twitter than I have on Instagram or really anywhere else. And the collaboration and the communication that's happening there and just the positivity of teachers encouraging other teachers and being able to connect has been incredible, which is probably why I can't think of just one person to name, which like I said, is probably not helpful, but I just have, you know, interacted with so many amazing teachers and, um, it's been a great learning experience, but also it's just made me feel so supported as an educator and like, um, you know, that's, that's my group. Those are my people. Right. And so I just would encourage, encourage people to try out Twitter if you're not already, you know, engaging, or maybe if you have an account, but you're not putting things out there, just go for it because I think you'll meet your people there. Um, Absolutely. And if you find some hashtags to follow, like I follow Flipgrid, I follow Flipgrid Fever, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for Make Learning Magical, TLAP. Like I'm more of a hashtag person. Like I go for the hashtags. Um, And that's another way that I'm, you know, finding amazing people, amazing educators to engage with. I'm so glad you shared about Twitter. And I knew when I had shared, I think it was the beginning of last year. And I, I just really met you for the first time. And I was talking about um, Twitter and how I thought that you would really find um, find people that you could connect with and who had the same passion for education as you did there. And so I'm so glad that you jumped in. And I think that that has been the case for me too. I just find so much positivity there and support and encouragement mm-hmm. and connectedness that I haven't ever found on another social media platform. And I think that the beautiful thing about it is that they're not all people that are teaching the same thing as me or the same content as mm-hmm. me. They're people from all over the educational spectrum and um, that that I can learn from them and then take the things that they're doing and make them my own and bring them into my own 
my own realm of education and it, it prevents us from being in a silo because I think that that's common sometimes is that we live in the silo of maybe just, you know, talk to the people within our grade area or only our school. But when we can really find educators from around the world who are just passionate and um, and and wanting to bring the very best to education, we, we can just learn so much. So I love that you shared that. And I agree. I it's hard for me to think of just one person as well, because there's so many people who have inspired me and influenced me in my journey. So I, again, have had so much fun chatting with you and I feel super lucky because I get you in our district and I get to see you um, face to face. But I know that after this conversation, so many people are going to want to connect with you and learn from you. So how can we find you? So you can find me on Twitter um, at sixth is goal. And I would say that's the best place to connect because like I said, I'm loving Twitter. Awesome. All right. Well, all of you listeners out there, please follow Becky. Again, I cannot tell, um, tell you enough how much of an inspiration she is and how truly magical she has made learning in her classroom. So I thank you so much for Becky for being on today. I just have enjoyed chatting with you so much. Thank you so much, Tish. It's been great. Thanks for joining everyone. Have a magical day. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Follow me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, and join my gamifying family and consumer science group on Facebook. You can also find lots of resources and my blog at tishrichmond.com.